Hello, my name is Michael and you're listening to Forever Sound Version, a video game music podcast. dear friends and welcome to forever sound version today i have another guest two guests on the trot what's going on amazing we have chris machel in the building hello chris hello mikey welcome back thank you it's great to be back do you know how long it's been since you were last here um a while about eight nine months something like that one year really one year and a week i think wow yeah hey man it's been just over a year since i think it's been a year and a week or two one year since our sonic the hedgehog focus yeah man that was a good one though i loved it yeah that was a that was a real marathon there's quite a few sonic games out of the 90s so at this point it would seem that you're kind of turning into one of my go-to sega guys yeah, well, if uh, yeah. if that's the mantle you want me to wear, I'm very happy to. Yeah, <laughs> because today we're going into a very, very, very important franchise in the domain of video game music. Very, very important. Streets of Rage. Yeah, man. It had to happen. It well, had to happen sometime. Yeah, some might say it's an obvious choice, but it's a classic for a reason. Exactly, yes, indeed. Uh, absolutely stellar soundtracks on these games. And... Here's hoping we can do them justice. I think we've assembled a really good playlist here. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, let's let's uh, let's see what we have up our sleeves. That first tune was the Street of Rage, uh, the singular Street of Rage. <laughs> Just one. Just the one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got you. There's only one. Uh, that was from the original Streets of Rage for the Sega Mega Drive or Sega Genesis. Um. Released 1991, many moons ago. Uh, so, what? You, upon hearing that, what you're feeling? Is that taking you back anywhere? It it always takes me back. Um, there's there's something about the style of Streets of Rage that hasn't, for me, has never been imitated. Okay. Um, so my my jam is the Mega Drive. Mm. Um, that's where I felt like that. That's what I'll always go back to as a gamer mm. um, and sort of as a child it, it definitely was Sonic was the was the series that I played as a, as sure. a child but as an adult I find myself gravitating more towards Streets of Rage which isn't a serious 
mm. quote unquote video game series, but it has a sort of heightened, almost, um, I always think of it as a sort of exploitation game. Oh, that's an interesting take on it. Like you would have a sort of, you know, a hyper, the, the equivalent would be like in, in in film would be like Death Wish or Bad Lieutenant or something, or like, you know, <laughs> yes, like those yeah. sort of like outrageous cop mm. cry, like violence thrillers mm. that um, that were very popular in the 80s and, and the 90s. Man, I hadn't thought of it like that. It, and yet this is like a, this is a Japanese made game as well. Yeah, so. yeah. But it's, it's trading because it's set in, in, I, I can't remember if it's actually set in, in LA, but that's where I always imagine it to okay, be set. Oh, maybe right, in New okay. York. So you're thinking like ultra, like metropolitan. Yeah, like yeah. Dystopian. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like yeah. almost, like it's almost cyberpunk, but not right. not quite. Yeah, okay. Um, and I think that the, the music, as as I'm sure we'll get into, is a large oh, part of that. But, yeah, but yeah, the, yeah. the the the, um, the street of rage, the intro music, mm. I think does an amazing job of setting that tone, mm. um, where this is it, it sort of speaks it speaks of violence, but also of a kind of almost sentimental melancholy yes uh, yes, of a, yes of a city gone to rot mm. oh man nice okay there's definitely something in that um, so beyond the very first sound you hear in that uh, the street of rage is like a, it is an FM sound uh, it's quite a soft electric piano sort of thing but then the sec- it's the second sound that comes in uh, almost immediately after that which is the PSG the uh, the chip that's also found in the master system that assumes the role of the lead voice in this one and it's uh it does have that quite smooth uh a uh, very faint vibrato on it yeah it does yeah, sound yeah. a little bit singerly if you know what i mean yeah definitely like a little bit forlorn like that maybe yeah absolutely i think forlorn's the words but like... also very digital too but that that speaks to the sort of cyberpunk quality of of the game as well that it right that it, i think i mean um the this is really where the Mega Drive sound just sings, for want of a better word. Mm. Like the Mega Drive, generally speaking, is better at the more electronic things with its FM synth capabilities. It, it's a little bit more convincing in that regard. Whereas the SNES, if we are going to go for this, the classic Nintendo Sega binary, right? It's there for yeah, a reason. Yeah. Their their sample based hardware is uh, perhaps. Perhaps you'll think of something like the Final Fantasy titles or The Legend of Zelda or something where it's uh, like sampled orchestral sounds r- rather than the the bright FM sounds which have a lot of high-end definition. Uh, so I understand that for sure. And these sounds we're going to hear today, these have definitely stood the test of time to the point where the three soundtracks of the Mega Drive games have had their own uh, vinyl reissues in recent years so there's a lot of reverence yeah. a lot of reverence for these soundtracks uh, in terms of VGM Yuzo Koshiro is one of one of the greats uh, you know one of the superstars of the if you want to call it a genre then alright one of the one of the classic so, composers yeah, of yeah. the genre and uh, I think it's safe to safe to say that Streets of Rage has a lot to do with that distinction he has there's a couple of bits of a uh, couple of bits of peripheral trivia that I think we should probably get into before we hear a little bit more of Streets of Rage 1's soundtrack. Uh, in advance of composing Streets of Rage 1's soundtrack, uh, Yuzo Koshiro, 
he uh, he wanted to do a bit of research into uh, appropriate musical materials, appropriate musical themes he could incorporate into his composition. So he started attending clubs in Tokyo, like dance music clubs, uh, by by night. So by day he's tapping away at his NEC PCs uh, as a composer. By night he's going out clubbing for research purposes, uh, and. A lot of the music they were playing at the time, we're talking, well, it'd be very, very late 80s, very, very early 90s, uh, was this uh, kind of nascent house music coming out of North America and Europe, and it was being played in Tokyo, and then some techno stuff as well. And you thought, well, this is the this is the sound of the streets then, I guess. This is the, this yeah, is the stuff yeah. I need to uh, be channeling. And that's what provoked him to, to codify this stuff into into the tunes like not so much the street of rage perhaps although there is uh there is a bit of a jaunty uh the trip hop thing going on maybe but the tunes we're going to hear in a bit like fighting in the street and moon beach particularly do have that housey thrust to them uh, directly informed by him going out in tokyo uh so that's that's not something i've heard uh anyone else and any of his peers japanese composers of the 90s doing like he actually went out to clubs to get a to get a handle on uh, what the music should sound like, it's uh, it, it does give you an idea of how committed he was yeah, to his absolutely. craft, <laughs> and that that I think that comes through really clearly in, mm-hmm. in the music. Mm-hmm. The, those influences, especially as you say, the, the nascent house scene and and tech and the, the techno music that he was listening to, um, really does come through, and it doesn't it doesn't to me feel like a facsimile either. It feels like. Um, not to say that other um, video game music isn't legitimate, but it does sound like legitimate music in its own right. Right, right. Yeah, and that's. I think that's one reason for the music's uh, the longevity of the music's popularity. Hence, the vinyl releases all yeah. that. Since a lot of other podcasts of this persuasion, uh, they make the point that hey, you could play this stuff in a club and no one would notice. That that's a thing I've heard quite a few times mm. on uh, other video game music podcasts. And it's something I'm going to test, actually, Chris, because I've uh, I've got a regular DJ slot in town on a Saturday night at the minute. And the next time I play out, I'm going to segue from a like from a like a hard funk record into uh, like Moon Beach or something, and just see see what happens. I'll, I'll let you know what happens. I would love to know what happens. I sort of wish I'd done it on Saturday, Saturday gone actually, but now I wasn't organised enough. Um, <laughs> this stuff could perhaps pass as club club music, and indeed. Uh, Yuzo Kashiro, he recently played a set at uh, the the very famous Super Club Fabric in London, uh, tail end of last year. I think it was 2017. Yeah, he did I think that. I heard of that. And that was um, that was in tandem with the Red Bull Music Academy's uh, project called what was it called? Digging in the Carts. It was like a video series they did. So they got him over to do a set at Fabric, uh, playing this stuff as club music. I think that tells you all you need to know about. Uh, about the thin line between FM synth-based Streets of Rage <laughs> and and actual house and techno, so yeah, actual and inverted commas. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, maybe those. Com- yeah, right. That that's the thing. Yeah, do those do those commas need to be there? Perhaps not. Perhaps not. So, all right, Streets of Rage. Uh, tell me how you feel about the. G- you still play this on and off, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, um, I, I probably mentioned this last time I was here, but a, a couple of Christmases ago, I got a, uh, a Mega Drive oh, you did. for Christmas, um, you did. and that kind of got me back into, um, I don't want to say retro gaming, 
um, scene, but certainly just t- a broader view of, of gaming history. Right. Um, and and one of the games that I got with it was uh, Street of Raids. Mm. And I I had this moment where there was there were the other games I was playing. There was a lot of nostalgia, but maybe they didn't hold up so much. Just as games. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Whereas Streets of Rage, to me, feels um, as fresh and mm. and and compelling as it always did. And one of the things that I, I've already kind of alluded to was that sense of um, thema- thematic and aesthetic depth to them. Mm. And um, that's not to say that, that they are sort of... That they're supposed to be serious like crime dramas, obviously no. not, but taken as a kind of as as you would an exploitation film. Yes, um, I think they absolutely hold up, um, mm. sort of on an aesthetic level, on a gameplay level. Um, possibly my favourite Mega Drive game Ooh. as a grown up. Um, right, right. You know, if it, I think that if I'd never played a Mega Drive game and I came to it completely fresh, I would almost certainly say that Streets of Rage. Um, is the best and certainly it's the best of those kinds of games like compared to something like Golden Axe or um, or Final Fight which I'm mm. not as familiar with um, but certainly sure. Golden Axe and um, I forget the name of the the, the, the alien one um, with oh, lots of Cronenbergian uh, monsters oh is it there's so many games with the name Alien the topic Alien Storm Alien Al- Soldier I, I was thinking of Alien Storm right yeah right. and and the thing with, with those sort of scrolling beat em up style games is that they almost always came from the arcade so what you got on the Mega Drive was um, was a slightly nerfed version of that whereas mm. Streets of Rage was a Mega Drive exclusive it was so it, it never feels compromised in mm. any way um, mm. and I've been playing um, uh, our mutual friend Gareth um, will be delighted at this, but I've been <laughs> um, playing through um, Hotline Miami and, oh, and the sequel. And oh. actually, I came to that um, because of you, <laughs> because of the the episode you did on it. Oh. Um, and I love that game. And I've sort of been moving between that and Streets of Rage. And as far as I'm concerned, there is no difference in quality. Really? Um, yeah, yeah. yeah okay. I feel, and maybe maybe it's the musical, um, the musical links that those games mm, have that's part of it for me um, and and the sort of the heightened out- outrageous violence of both of those games <laughs> um, and obviously probably Hotline Miami isn't necessarily suitable for a 10 year old but there is something to me that that they they're equal in, in mm. my view and they, they genuinely stand up as a game that works in to, Streets of Rage stands up as a game that works in 2018 mm. as much as it did in 1991 sure there's a lot to be said about how responsive the controls yeah, are. I think yeah. that's that's a lot of it for me. Is uh, especially since you mentioned Hotline Miami, which uh, really does live by its its brisk action. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it, it absolutely has to have brisk controls, otherwise it would be unplayable. Uh, I think Streets of Rage possesses the same, like almost tactility to it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and it is it is tactile. Um, I, I think a lot of games from that era don't stand up to that. I think that um, they. Well, Golden Axe doesn't do it for you. It, it does, but Street of Rage does it better, does it better. right? Yeah. yeah, that's fair. That's yeah. fair. And, that, and I think the, the music is such a big part of that because it creates a sense of rhythm in the gameplay oh, as well, okay. and yeah, forward yeah. motion. Mm, I like and, that. And angst. <laughs> yeah, I like that. that that's, that's, uh, that sounds convincing to me. Yeah, all right. So, th- yeah, indeed, this was a, a Mega Drive exclusive uh, Sega 
certainly hit the jackpot with this one. It, it was a colossal success. And uh, But it started out as uh, an effort to uh, emulate Capcom's final fight out of the arcade. So rather than, you, know, you quite right to point this out, it's not an arcade port in and of itself, but it is it is inspired by that arcade gameplay. Yeah. Of course, uh, some of the arcade ports of things like Golden Axe might have occasionally suffered from the controls not being as sharp as they might have been in the arcade due to whatever hardware limitations the home systems had. Streets of Rage didn't have to worry about that. Yeah. Uh, they had a pr- some pretty talented people behind it. So what we got with Streets of Rage, it's um, a choice of three characters, yes. Uh, Adam, Axel and Blaze. Who, who's your go-to you know, character. I'm so, I'm so white bread. It's so it's so predictable. But I always go with Axel because Do he's you the, really? yeah because he's and and Blaze is probably my my second choice. Okay. Um, I th- because he's the, he's the all rounder, and um, as much as I I love games, mm. I'm not very good at them. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, so I'd, I I I tend to go for for characters. That are, are quite good at and most quite balanced, things. Yeah, yeah. Um, that makes sense. And then, and then, I always think I should pick the slow because um, Adam in the first game is the sort of slow, mm, little um, bit cumbersome. Yeah, um, but but strong character. Um, and Blaze is the uh, is the, the fast but weaker character. Mm. Um, and I'm I'm just not I'm just not as good. With characters that are great at one thing, okay, and weak on something yeah. else. Um, well, that works if we get our two-player on at some point for Streets of Rage because I, I typically go for Blaze. Okay, yeah, yeah. Like uh, we, you, you want to talk about the controls being responsive and the action being quick. Well, that completely, yeah, definitely. It, it just feels intuitive for me to go as quick as possible in that regard. So Blaze for me. Yeah, I mean Blaze, Blaze a second choice, a close yeah. second choice for me as well. Yeah. Uh, so they're they're fighting to topple the uh, the evil. Mr. X. So there's maybe there's something about that exploitation, uh, borderline laziness. Oh, you know, uh, Mr. X. <laughs> Mr. X's evil criminal syndicate have overrun the city, <laughs> and it's up to these three uh, these three cops uh, gone rogue, I guess, uh, to clean up the streets. Lots of hoodlums in there. Lots of uh, miscreants. Lots of. Uh, girls with whips making horrible screeching noises. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> How is that for exploitation? Yeah, oh, it's all there. It's all there to, to lap up in Streets of Rage. And of course, uh, title screen displays uh, music by Yuzo Koshiro, so it's worth mentioning he wasn't really directly... Uh, he wasn't on Sega's books at this point. He was freelancing. And just seeing that at the top of the game, mm. it does give you this... Uh, it does make me think, ah, it's like... It's like Quincy Jones. Or yeah, right. Yeah, something yeah. Like, or like a, a big shot, like Hollywood composer. They go right up front. Oh, Yuzo Kashira's on this thing. Yeah. That's and the, how you know it's going to be good, right? And the primacy of the music there as well. I, like, I don't, I can't think off the top of my head of any other Mega Drive game, certainly not one that I've played, mm. that that um, puts the m- music composer front and centre like mm. that. Um, yeah, yeah. I suspect... It, it would be largely down to him. Uh, on the front, they're going to have, hey, yeah, this is by Sega, but we have to put Yuzo Koshiro there because he's not in our books. But perhaps a lot of it is also, yeah, but the music's the best the Mega Drive's ever had <laughs> and might ever have. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, maybe there's a grain of truth in both of those. So 
let's get into some more of it. Uh, let's get into some more of this music we keep talking about. Um, I've got a, a double double feature of picks here. These are my picks, but I suspect you probably would have went for at least one of these yourself, oh, if yeah, not both. Yeah, without a doubt. Okay, well these are uh, these are probably my favourites. We have Fighting in the Street, uh, which is the, the game's first level, and Moon Beach. Uh, Moon Beach has some really tasty uh, synthesis going on. So, uh, alright, let's have it. Streets of Rage 1, Sega Mega Drive, Yuzo Kashiro, Fighting in the Street, and Moon Beach.
Alright, very good. We just had Fighting in the Street and Moon Beach from Streets of Rage 1. And it uh, it rarely gets better than this, Chris. Yeah, yeah, man. Um, it's it's a tough act to follow these two. Um, like you said, like if if you wouldn't have picked them, I certainly would. Um, That's reassuring. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I mean, for me, these are the the sounds of the streets of rage mm. without without a shadow of a doubt. Yes. Uh, you know, I think I am gonna definitely try and drop at least one of these. You've got to do in, it in my set in town. And, because you were saying, you made the point that if there's someone in on the floor at the time who does recognise it, they're probably going to flip, right? It's not going to be a negative <laughs> reaction. It, precisely, how could it be? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. I'll let you know how it yeah, goes. I, Maybe I'll get a video of that. Oh, I'd love and that. <laughs> and see, see what happens. <laughs> and then lose my job or something. We'll see. Nah, <laughs> I don't that's, think so. That's unlikely. Yeah, and um, just going back to the use of the PSG chip again. Uh, so on Moon Beach, it, it's... Uh, in that kind of middle section, like wee dee 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 dee, you know that bit. Yeah, that's yeah, that's yeah. all PSG. I think it's because uh, the PSG there is three square waves and a noise channel. And I, I believe it's a trick where he's he's layered the three square waves to make a kind of a chorusy delay esque effect. Uh, like you make it, like a really lush sort of uh, uh, like lead pulse sound. Okay. Uh, so although it's definitely the inferior chip against the YM twenty six twelve, it's Carrying the piece yeah, in its yeah, own yeah. way, uh, I, I do appreciate how he's got that going on. Um, and just speaking of the FM stuff, the instrument design on this thing is like really quite sublime. I mean, I've, I've uh, messed about with the YM twenty six twelve chip and its capabilities with making sounds, and it's not as easy as you might think uh, to make sounds that are nice. Uh, of course, a lot of a lot of people really hate some of the more grating. Uh, supposedly guitar-esque sounds. Yeah, it can it can get a bit harsh. See, I don't mind a bit of harshness, but I understand it. Yeah, uh, yeah, and it's it can be hard to get sounds that aren't just that. Uh, so he's done incredibly well, and also consider that he uh, he composed these tunes using an NEC uh, PC88 home computer, which has somewhat comparable FM capabilities to the Mega Drive. Uh, so they had a bit of a you know, cross-platform mm. development going on, rather than using a Mega Drive dev kit. I'm very aware there's a very noisy bird outside my house. <laughs> I, I don't know if it's picking up on the mic, but um, we've, uh, we've we've made this. Stu- there it is again. We've made the stupid decision to record this on a beautiful Friday evening, and uh, we're we're sat inside with the windows open, and there's just a really noisy bird. Yeah, it was sirens before, which would have been. Fine. I know it would have been. Yeah, completely. The streets of rage. The, um, the, the, the streets of biker. Yeah, and, um, the streets pointing. of biker. Yeah. And now we have uh, we have the bird of rage. Instead, <laughs> unfortunately. Exactly. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, Yuzukashiro's on Twitter, and he's he's really good at Twitter. I find because he, he uploads videos of him messing about with his old tunes on the PC88 and showing off bits and bats he's been working on. So if you want to see how all this stuff's done, check out Yuzukashiro on Twitter. He's uh, like a lot of it's in Japanese, as you might expect, uh, but it's still it's still good for a follow for sure. Uh, oh, we have we have your pick next. Yeah, yeah, one, um, a pick from Streets of Rage One. Yeah, Beatnik on the ship. Um, I mean, this after after Moon Beach and fighting in the streets. This this is my next natural favorite yeah it's it's fantastic probably chosen more for my for my association with the the stage itself 
Mm. Um, but it it has um, maybe even more so than than um, Moon Beach. It has that sense of of drive and pushing forward, which works so well. Mm-hmm. So the the level itself is set on like a cruise liner, um, this impossibly right. enormous cruise ship. Yeah, it takes a while to get along that thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but you have this sense that you uh, you're, you're about halfway through the game at this point, or n- near enough. Mm. Um, so you're sort of deep into the fight by this point, right? Um, right. And you need that that like that drive to keep going mm. and it's a, it's a classic sort of crime setting as well to have to have like a confrontation mm. on a on an enormous like huge luxury cruise ship you can mm. imagine like some really bad things go down on yeah, that ship yeah. all the dark decadence and all yeah that. exactly yeah. right um and you, you need that 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 drive to get you through and for me um beatnik on the ship provides that beautifully yeah um so yeah it's it's fantastic yeah, great pick. Let's get into this. Uh, Streets of Rage 1 on the Sega Mega Drive. Beat Nick on the ship. was Beatnik on the ship from Streets of Rage 1 and I'm happy to report that I believe I've chased that bird away. It was a big old magpie on my roof and uh, I think it saw me and went, oh, better, better run away. Uh, anyway, yes, hopefully there'll be no more no more cackling noises. Yeah, uh, a brilliant tune once again. And uh, yeah, so what? So what's... Uh, what are you getting in your mind's eye uh, as you as you listen to this one? Well, like I was saying before, that sense of forward momentum is really strong in this track. Um, but what 
what I think what I think is great about it is that you've got this this um, high hat driving the whole thing. Oh yeah. And then um, the, in the in the middle you've got the the sort of like I don't know what the instrument's supposed to be, but it's working com- be- beautifully with with the percussion. It's almost percussive in itself. Um, and then it is, you, yeah. you have these moments where it sort of like these these chorusy moments that kind of ease off a bit. And what that helps the the whole track do is kind of open up, and it's working so brilliantly with. The, the stage itself, which is, is set on this boat, but in the distance you can see the city. Ah, yes, of course, yeah. And that kind of that opens the whole, not just the level up, but the whole sense of the game that you get a sense of the geography of the city, mm. and the music is working in conjunction with that. So you have Smart, the, yeah. like the bass is almost giving a sense of the motion of the sea or the the river oh, that the like, boat's on. Like you're on the water there, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I don't know if I'm I'm going too much into that, but... I don't think so. I think it's a nice thought, um, like different... On, on a micro level, you have the immediate, like where you are, the, the bass line, and then uh, kind of stretches out like that. And for a beat-em-up game, that's it's pretty remarkable that they give you that sense... Uh, it, it's amazing. Like you really get, you really get a sense of of your character working through the city. It's mm-hmm. not. It doesn't just feel like, um, okay, well, we've got to have the street stage. We've got to have mm-hmm. the the like the apartment block stage. Mm-hmm. You get um, you get a, a sense of the geography of of this pla- of this city as a real place, as mm-hmm. as as ludicrous and cartoonish and and heightened as it is. It does feel like a coherent place that, mm-hmm. that you're situated in, and the music is is tying that together. Ah, smart. Yeah, so it's not just stringently linear like these games usually are. Yeah, so. yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's not just like one one thing after the next. That you 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 start on the street and then the second stage is on the beach and then that that sort of water motif is carried through into the mm. the next stage. Um, and I think a lot of the sounds from um, Moon Beach are sort of carried over into the score for um, for Beatnik on the ship as well. Like mm. that sort of um, almost musical percussion. That's there in Moon Beach, sort of reappears again in the next stage. Mm, oh man, it's, it's. I'm gonna have to replay this, and uh, it's great. Uh, <laughs> with all this stuff foregrounded in my mind, I'm gonna give it another go. Uh, I mean, not now because I should be in a pub like Beer Garden or something. <laughs> no, right. Maybe when the sun goes in, it's gonna be Streets of Rage time. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, 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 thanks a lot for you know, bringing that to my attention. That's a uh, that's a nice insight. Uh, how do you feel about um, going a bit more 8-bit now? Yeah, I feel good about it. Oh, good. All right. <laughs> well, we're going with uh, a handheld port of Streets of Rage 1, uh, which was released in 1992. We're going with a Sega Game Gear. Once again, the composer is Yuzo Kashiro, and the track I want to put under your nose is uh, Keep the Groovin'. Keep the, that's yeah. a great title with the apostrophe and all. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it doesn't get much more 90s than that. Yeah, keep the grooving. All right, uh, I'd be very curious to know what you make of this one, so let's get into it. <laughs>
one for us there. That was Keep the Groovin' from the Sega Game Gear port. Uh, yeah, I think it's fair to call it a port of Streets of Rage 1. Uh, Yuzo Kashira once again. And I wanted to include that, uh, well, for the sake of variety, I like to have, if I can, put a variety of systems on, I will. But also, uh, I want to know if you think uh, the the uh, Streets of Rage spirit, the musical spirit of Streets of Rage is being represented here. Yeah, I I think it absolutely is. I'm not um, familiar with the the Game Gear port or the um, the Master System port um, at all, so this is really new to me. Mm. Um, and I, I, it it doesn't hold a candle to the, the Mega Drive. No, uh, um, <laughs> no, I think not either in terms of, of richness um, or or just that like that sense of this could be played in a club. Right, right. But it it has. A quality of its own. Um, I think it definitely has that sense of momentum and mm-hmm. rhythm. And you, we were we were saying, or you were saying that the Game Gear often sounds um, better than the, the Master System, even though it's fundamentally the same technology. Yeah, yeah. I can't quite remember the, the details around that, but uh, it, it is pretty much the same, uh, like PSG. Yeah. Um, but between. Uh, soundtracks I've heard from the Game Gear and the Master System. Sometimes the Game Gear holds up a little better. Yeah, uh, it's just a challenge to to make me- music of this sort even vaguely tenable uh, on such a limited chip. Because this this truly is a limited chip. I, I would say it's uh, it's inferior to the likes of the SID chip from the Commodore 64. I mean, I yeah. would say that. Yeah, you're a yes. 64 guy. <laughs> yes, but uh, I think I think there's something in it. We're not talking about a synthesizer here. We're talking about uh, three squares and a noise, and yet it's still it's still got some rhythmic sophistication to yeah, it, right? Yeah, absolutely. And that the the use of noise as a sort of stand-in for a hi-hat, and then you've got the mm. voice in the middle that kind of clears everything out, um, and definitely speaks to the spirit of of the, the Mega Drive mm-hmm. track. Um, and yeah, like it it sounds like the 8-bit version of the, the Mega Drive music, but that's not um that's not necessarily a bad thing. No 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 it's uh yeah it's, it's serviceable enough yeah, yeah. considering the constraints, right. It's it's gamier, but whether or not yeah. you want <laughs> you know it's it's sort of maybe even closer to what, what you might think of as video game music. Yes. But mm. um the old uh, bleep bloop thing. Yeah exactly yeah. but you know who doesn't like a bit of there's a time and a bloop. place. There's time and a place for that, definitely. Alright, well um how, we've uh, taken a little detour down 8-bit world there we'll, we'll revisit that soon enough but I think it's time we uh, move this on to 1993 mm. 1993 what a year that was for we had In Utero by Nirvana and uh, Doggy <laughs> Style by Snoop Dogg I think it was 93 uh, any, anyway we also had Streets of Rage 2 Streets of Rage 2 on the Sega Mega Drive once again Yuzo Kashiro at the wheel musically and oh no, Mr. X, he's he's back he's again. again. He's back, and this time he's captured Adam. One of the playable characters of Streets of Rage One has been captured, so uh, we can't have him anymore. But we can have his younger brother, Sammy, aka Skate, because he's on roller skates. <laughs> yeah, of course. Because he's a cool kid. You see. Yeah, well, of course yeah. he is. And they've also brought in a guy called Max, who is big, a big guy. He's a uh, he's yeah. sort of the freak. The freak of the four, yeah, uh, yeah. Axel and Blaze returning. Uh, you know the, the poster man, poster boy, and poster girl, respectively. 
So you got four to pick from here, and uh, this one, I I don't know if I prefer it to Streets of Rage 1, but mm-hmm. a lot of people would tell you that this is the best of the three on the Mega Drive. Now, I'm, I'm not massively interested in uh, convincing myself that I have a favourite of anything, you know, I just like things. Yeah. Uh, but I can, on some levels I can understand it, it's definitely uh, a little bit more fleshed out than the first yeah, one. Yeah, definitely. And all the, uh, all the graphical uh, flourishes that make Streets of Rage 1 uh, what it is on an aesthetic level are present and correct and then some as tempered by its excellent music. Uh, so how do you feel about this? Is This is not something you're as familiar with as you are of Streets of Rage 1. Right? Yeah, yeah, it was always Streets of Rage 1 for me as a kid and um, in preparation for this I've um, played through um, Streets of Rage 2 and 3 um, but that I'm, I'm a lot newer to it so it's not, for me a lot of this isn't as memorable and that's I think informed the, the picks that, that I've chosen. Mm, that's um, fair enough. It's a, bit, a little a bit more, more instinctive in your case. Yeah, so, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And in terms of the gameplay, um, I think I can I, I can see clearly that on a technical level, it's better than the first one. Um, mm. The animation has improved a lot. Um, I, I really like the the slightly more sophisticated fighting system where in the first one you have the special attack, which is a mm. just sort of an, an, a win button where you, you call in your um, your guys, yeah. um, and they and they'll sort of virtually nuke the, the street and yep. they can take everybody out. Whereas in this one, um, it's more of a special attack in the in the sort of traditional beat 'em up sense of the mm. word. But the trade off is that you lose a bit of life, you lose a bit of health, right? Um, so, so I think that there's a bit more um, strategy. Involved mm. in in deploying your, your special moves and mm. and your move roster in general is a bit broader in this, right? But um, for me, there's a purity to the first one that the, mm. the sequels don't have, and and I think um, the sort of the the thematic purity or um, or tightness of the first one is opened up. So you you end up in one of the stages in the second game. You go through sort of a like a carnival, and one of the stages is like a haunted house or something. Right, right. Um, And like ninjas come out of eggs. Just gets a little bit hokey, maybe. Yeah, and there's a sort of alien thing that comes out that like is kind of maybe part of the carnival, but it attacks you, and that's fine. Like that's great, like video game trope stuff, which is loads of fun. But it it loses that sense, I think that you have in the first one of this being a real place. The first game is not a serious story, but it is mm-hmm. a story that you can take seriously, that you can get invested in, in, some, yeah, yeah. in some way. And I think that the sequels kind of lose that a bit. And maybe um, Skate is a little bit sort of poochy, <laughs> like, you know, like a, little, yes. a bit more marketable. A bit scrappy, dude. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. Maybe the, uh, for a time there I was thinking that since we mentioned Hotline Miami before, uh, some would have you believe that the second Hotline Miami game, they just put more stuff in, more stuff in the period it was compromised on a, on a similar level. Uh, I mean, I, I love both of them, right? Yeah. I, uh, I, I, so there's two ways of looking at it. You can look at it as... Because I, I can sympathise with both ways. One being, oh, it's not quite as tight as the original, but also it's more it's stuff. Broader, yeah. It's more stuff. So... Uh, there's a sunny side to that particular street of rage, like, <laughs> if you will. 
Um, and the music, uh, I don't think the music suffers at all. No. Uh, it, there's just, oh my god, so much good stuff on this. Let's get into another a double feature here, another double feature of Yuzo Koshiro compositions. And we're going with Go Straight and Dreamer from Streets of Rage 2 on the Mega Drive.
Streets of Rage 2, Ghost Straight and Dreamer by Yuzo Koshiro. And uh, you know I like my uh, my my ravey tropes in VGM. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I was, I was always going to love these. Uh, what do you think of these two? Yeah, they're great. Um, they have a really different sort of feel to them, I think, um, than the... The, the, certainly, uh, the second track, "Dreamer," mm. does um, kind of almost like more of a laid-back kind of feel mm. to it. Well, how is that? How does that work? Do you think? Um, you know, I'm not actually sure. Hmm. I I feel like I need to sit with that one more. Um, I think as a track in itself, like we were saying, that the sound design of these is an improvement. Second and not yeah, for yeah. FM synth on the Mega Drive. Yeah. And both of them sound... They're so sweet. Like, they... Mm. they you, you... I mean, you really could play these in a club. And... Well, there's another one I'm going to yeah, have to Yeah, you've add. got it. Yeah, just do this tracklist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Play the whole lot of it. <laughs> You're right, yeah. This, the, the sound is... Uh, instrument design on, on for these uh, FM synth voices is just... Just incredible, honestly. Uh, that electric piano and that, uh, 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 that kind of rave synth yeah, thing man. on a go straight is—it's—it's it's just pitch perfect, it's, actually. Yeah. It's really, really ideal. And then Dreamer, as far as the relaxing faculties of it go, maybe there's something about the the uh, kind of the the dreamy, if you will, like arpeggio thing. Uh, yeah, those chords are a little bit slight, a little bit, uh, a little bit uh, kind of airy rather than being straight up a major chord a minor chord this one's a little bit mysterious sounding yeah yeah a yeah bit cloudy but you need you need that I think to balance out the harsher sounds that you get later on as well mm. um, and I think sort of my, my my pick is quite harsh by comparison mm. um, and I don't want to sort of jump the gun on that but but or, <laughs> or even go straight as well like that that the opening bars of that are so like they're so indicative of violence. Sure. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas Dreamer is a bit like, it kind of, it gives you a, a bit of a breather. Yeah, the clues in the titles, yeah, really. Yeah. Uh, go straight, this is uh, track one, uh, Adam's been kidnapped, Mr. X is back, oh, it's going yeah, to be like, even rougher than the first it's time. Real. Yeah, yeah, Same, definitely. Right, you know the drill, go and chin some people. <laughs> Dreamers may be a little bit more uh, almost reflective to a degree. Yeah, yeah. Go straight is more... The, the, the sort of cliche of this time, it's personal. Yeah. It's not, it's not so much about the city anymore. Like, you've got a, per, you've got a friend to rescue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it's really urgent, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah that's nice. All right, so what you, you do have a pick, as you said there. Uh, what have you got for us uh, for our uh, third Streets of Rage 2 Mega Drive tune? Yeah, um, I've got Alien Power. It's um, I, I, I was attracted to it because of its name. I don't really quite fully understand the, um, That's okay. the, the, the title, the meaning of the title. Mm. Um, but like, like I was saying, it's a much harsher track than certainly Dreamer and, and even Go Straight as well. Um, but... It's moving away from sort of what I imagine the Streets of Rage to sound like. Yeah. But it's really interesting, I think, in its own right. And and driving and and quite, like, almost... It almost sounds like something out of a... To me, out of a a horror game. Oh, okay. Mm. Well, let's get into that frame of mind then. We're going to have Alien Power from Streets of Rage 2 on the Sega Mega Drive. (laughs) 
Streets of Rage 2, Yuzo Kashiro, and uh, certainly uh, on the dissonant end of things, so maybe that's the horror thing you mentioned, right? Yeah, maybe maybe it's not quite horror, but it's certainly that sense of being unsettled and right. that something is wrong, mm. um, which pays dividends in, in, in horror, which is what I was thinking, but really it's about fundamentally... It's about corruption, mm. or it doesn't. It's not about corruption, but it, it gives you that sense of corruption that mm. ties really nicely into what, what the game more broadly is trying to do. Mm. Things being thrown out of joint. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I understand that. Yeah, that's a great pick, Alien Power. Uh, I suppose Mister X is a 
Mr. X's particular brand of corruption could be, <laughs> could be regarded as an, an alien power or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, like a sort of an interloper in, in some way or right, some, right. something that's coming in. Like something like malevolent. A, yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. Nice stuff. Um, there's so much stuff on this, on that particular track that uh, I'm very impressed with. Just the, just the, the, the texturally, it's, it's great for having sounds that aren't consonant with each other um, so the dissonances aren't just there to sound a little bit creepy but uh, when you layer dissonances upon themselves you do get this uh, it's a cliche but like a wall of sound right? Yeah. And yeah. there's another track on Streets of Rage 2 soundtrack which I won't play today. This is this is homework for all the listeners. Uh, you'll probably be aware of it already anyway but Too Deep, uh, the track Too Deep by Yuzo Koshiro from Streets of Rage 2 it has a uh, it has a sound like it sounds a little bit like a kettle going like a boiling kettle yeah I know, I know which so, one you mean and there's little traces of that in Alien Power but listen to that track and the way the way it cycles like it sort of loops back this sound effect it's it's basically Rebel Without a Pause by Public Enemy so I'm convinced that at this point Kashiro's going out uh, maybe not so much to the not so much to the house clubs but uh to the hip hop end of things, I'm, I'm hearing nothing but "Rebel Without a Pause," uh, which in turn samples uh, the start of a track by the JBs, uh, the James Brown affiliated thing, a track called "The Grunt." So there's this uh, this curious relationship between uh, uh, cutting edge for the time video game music, uh, hip hop, and hard funk. There's this continuum that I'm really quite sure that Yuzo Kashira was aware of. Listen to it for yourselves. Uh, too deep. It's you. You will hear Rebel without a pause, without Chuck D on it, basically. So if you want to do some VGM karaoke and 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 rap the Chuck D verses of Rebel without a pause over Streets of Rage two, by all means do it. Send it my way. Might even play it. There's a challenge. <laughs> I'm throwing down the gauntlet. Um, I, I won't do it myself though. I don't think anyone really need wants or needs to hear that. Well, I'm certainly going to check it out. Right, yeah, yeah. It's, you will see that I am right. It's there. Yeah, I believe you. <laughs> yeah, f- thanks a lot for bringing that pick, Chris. Um, okay, we're going to stick with Streets of Rage 2, I think, but uh, 8-Bit again. What do you think of that? <laughs> yeah, man, let's do it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, this went to the Sega Master System, Streets of Rage 2, as a title, and like the Mega Drive counterpart it was released in 1993 um, it was also released on the Sega Game Gear but the soundtrack for the Game Gear version is more or less identical to the Master System one so we're just going to go with the Master System track here and I have got a piece called SOR that is Streets of Rage SOR Supermix and this serves as the intro track to Streets of Rage 2 on the Master System have you heard this before? I have not no mm. so this is Run you to me. Alright, well, um, let's see what you make of this one. SOR Super Mix from Streets of Rage 2 on the Master System.
We just had S.O.R. Supermix, uh, the title track, intro track, to Streets of Rage 2 on the Sega Master System, uh, 8-bit counterpart of the 1993 masterpiece we know as Streets of Rage 2 on the Mega Drive. And uh, how'd you feel about that one, Chris? I loved it. I, uh, huh. I, I wasn't expecting to enjoy that as much as I did. Okay. Um, but I thought it was fantastic. I, I felt like... Um, even though it was for the second game, it sounded more to me like the um, the intro to the original Mega Drive game. Yeah, that was what it was based on, I think, yeah. to a degree. Um, but sort of boiled down to its its barest components, and for the first sort of thirty seconds or so, you've got the noise track for the percussion, and then a single voice. And that's mm. that's it. You've got two things going on there, and yet it still sounds like Streets of Rage, and and it kind of goes back to that like that sense of melancholy that the first game was all about, right? And then it moves into you were saying like a, a sort of funkier, yeah, kind definitely of thing. picks up a bit of swagger, yeah, too. Yeah. yeah, a sad swagger, thanks. <laughs> yeah. um, but it doesn't it doesn't have the the, the drive necessarily of. of a lot of the other tracks, no, no. but in, instead you get something that, like to me, like is really like I, I wouldn't say it's moving, but it, it's it's sort of gestures towards a sort of like an emotional sense sincerity in a sense mm-hmm. that like that something really awful has happened and 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 you've got to do something about it, but reluctantly, mm-hmm. maybe. right, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I like the use of the. Uh, Let's call it like a sort of drone at the first yeah. near the top of the of that tracks loop, uh, like a really low bass note. You know that that chip, uh, the PSG chip in the Master System, is not really known for its bottom end at all. It can't go very low mm. unless you, you, there's a certain hack you can do to get really raspy low notes out of it. But in terms of the standard uh, square wave notes, it doesn't go very low, and yet it does still sound pretty deep to me. This yeah, tune, yeah, uh, by way of the density of the voices. Uh, I think it's my favourite tune uh, in the in the 8-bit realm for Streets of Rage as a whole. Uh, I couldn't not feature this one. Yeah, without a doubt. I, I, I'm really impressed with it. I think it's um, it's it's a triumph of of invention over um, over technology, or right. Um, maybe that's not a very good way of putting it, but <laughs> the, uh, creativity over um, over limitation. Yeah, maybe. well, yeah, it's true. It's uh, Four channels isn't much, so he's uh, he's done a splendid mm. job of that. Um, I'm going to have to revisit these uh, these eight bit versions of Streets of Rage because mm. I don't I have played them, but I don't remember them all that well. I guess my memory is always going to be overshadowed by the uh, by the brilliance of the Mega Drive ones. Uh, but I, yeah. I, I do remember thinking they were decent enough, so I'm going to have another look at them at some point. But um, for now, let's let's move on to uh, 1994. Mm. 1994, yeah, what a year that was! <laughs> like every every year was quite a year, you know. <laughs> uh, so we had uh, Streets of Rage three on the Sega Mega Drive in 1994. The soundtrack for this game is easily the most divisive of all the Streets of Rage soundtracks. There are some people who'll have you believe that it's absolutely rubbish. Uh, I think that's very unfair. Yeah. Uh, this this one is on the more um, see. I'm going to say it's experimental in the in the sense that it truly is experimenting at times. It's not just a like a lazy shorthand for it's a bit weird in places. Undoubtedly, it is a bit weird in places, but mm. there are some actual 
experiments with uh, musical ideas going on in these compositions. And maybe uh, the the harshness and off-kilter character that comes out of those experiments can turn a lot of people off. That's okay, I can, you know, you go your way. But I think there's some really good stuff on this soundtrack. Uh, moving away from the, the more uh, sonorous, melodic hip-hop and uh, uh, house stuff of Streets of Rage 1 particularly, and also Streets of Rage 2. Uh, so this this is an interesting soundtrack for me for its use of uh, what's been coined an automated composing system, something Shiro was playing around with back then. And what it does is it generates uh, random phrases so then once you, you, you generate some phrases and if you like the sound of something as it loops then you can incorporate that into your into your composition that's the basic premise of it um, so it's kind of like a, a precursor to what we understand now as uh, algorithmic composition okay. have you heard of like Algorave? is that something you're familiar uh, with? no I'm not cool enough for that sort no, of thing no alright <laughs> well I think you might be into this stuff uh, any listeners as well Algorave's like it's, it's a scene I've got a couple of friends involved in and it's where they it's basically live coding but to produce electronic music okay it's like live okay. strictly live and uh, it's not just staring at a laptop screen they have to project the code onto a wall wow. so everyone can see what you're doing in real time and there's live vi- coded visuals as well it's, it's a little bit like that using code to generate melodic phrases to loop uh, so in this regard, Kashiro was just streets ahead, streets yeah, of hey. streets of rage ahead. <laughs> hey, that was that wasn't even deliberate. He was streets of rage ahead, and he's uh, back in February of this year. He tweeted a video. Uh, he's he's good for this once again. He's good to follow for his uh, messing about and jamming about. He tweeted a video of him playing about with this automated composing system, uh, which he used for Streets of Rage Three. So uh, check that out. Uh, just look at his. Uh, his media history and you'll see some of his experiments just a really really interesting mega drive music for me this stuff um, but it wasn't done all by himself mm. there was uh, Motohiro Kawashima also credited so one of the tunes we're going to hear was composed by him rather than Yuzo Kashiro um, do you want to give this a go get into some tunes yeah let's do it alright another double feature to kick this off we're going to have Beat Ambience followed by The Poets 2. Beat Ambience is by Yuzo Kashiro, and The Poets 2 is by Motohiro Kawashima. Thank you. 
we just had Beat Ambience and The Poets 2 from Streets of Rage 3. Now, I neglected to mention before that Beat Ambience was your pick. It was, yes. Yeah, so tell us about Beat Ambience, the first track we heard. Yeah, well, um, so Streets of Rage 3, I'm, I'm the least familiar. I'm not that familiar with number two, and I'm even less familiar with game number three. Okay. Um, so really, I was going purely based on on how much how much I liked the track rather than what it meant to me in the context of the game. I see, that's fine. Um, so I've, I've really got to revisit Streets of Rage 3 and, and, and sort of find it in context. Mm. Um, and it kind of, the, the, the soundtrack, when I properly listened to it, kind of blew my mind a bit because it's so different from the other two mm-hmm. games. Um, the, the textures are different, the, the rhythms and the m- melodies are. Um, it's much less accessible, and I think right. that I I was unsure about it. So I thought, well, I might as well be in for a penny, in for a pound, and choose one of the least accessible choose tracks. Choose a really wild one. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'd be lying if I said I probably would have gone for the ports too, if you hadn't already snuffled it. kind of um, needs to be picked, though. Yeah it's, the, yeah, it's the classic riff of the game, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, but Beat Ambience is, is like walking into an art installation or something. <laughs> yes. It's, I, 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 it kind of is. Yeah, like, <laughs> it blows my mind that this is in a daft beat up game mm. from 1994. Yeah, for kids. From Sega, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that... Um, it's kind of in. Um, it's it sort of there's a there's a disconnect with from the the kind of really ch- genuinely challenging music that this track represents, and the sort of like the silliness that the series I think is is, is seen to be veering off into. Um, my understanding is that the third game is the least well regarded, and they like they they introduce a boxing kangaroo in this game. Yeah, and I guess they were just. Going well, we need to put something new in this franchise. Yeah, uh, yeah. well, it's having some fun with it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the music is is in direct contravention to that. I mean, that's it. it, it, it I suppose in, mm. in a way, it's doing the same thing where they're just like, "Well, let's let's try this." Yeah. Well, Kashiro, uh, he got from what I've read, he had very little guidance musically on what right. to do with Streets of Rage Three. It totally was carte blanche. Like, oh well, people love your music. Yeah, do whatever you want. He's like, are you sure? Like, yeah, yeah, go on. Like, All right. Well, automated composing system it is. <laughs> so you can definitely hear it. Can't oh yeah, you? without on a that, doubt. On um, beat ambience, it's there's phrases there that uh, there's nothing. You know, understand? There's nothing disparaging about me saying this. It, it sounds random, like. But then when you loop something, even if it is quite unhinged, it does start to assume its own innate musical logic. Yeah, absolutely. You know, loop anything enough times, and it's gonna get its own internal rhythm, right? But it's it sounds this it's like that that thing where you hear um, they use they use it in, in horror films all the time where uh, a record um, um, jumps and you have the like the, the, the sort of the like the, the last half bar of mm-hmm. of of a verse of a, like a lovely song right it becomes scary when you listen to it over and over again or or a word that you repeat so often that it loses its meaning that if you loop something that sounds random mm. it suddenly develops a meaning of its own that can be really unsettling and there's that sense with it with that the electronic sound that that, that beat ambience is doing mm-hmm. is it's unsettling almost it's almost scary sounding 
And it's kind of drawing out that sense of the cyberpunk that I would argue can be found in the first game. So even though it's challenging, it sounds really different. There is a sort of like through line that that runs through the the whole series that that he's brought out in in that track. That's it. And of course, this is all tempered by the inclusion of uh, a really banging kick. Yeah, this this thing's got to be going at at least 180 BPM, probably more like 190, 200, like dunk, dunk, dunk. So it's got a, it's got a bit of a Rotterdam hardcore, yeah. uh, you know, from a skinhead yeah. like sort of thing. Yeah. I, th- I think it's this is a, as, as much as the game might be veering off into some slightly daft places, and it's a departure generally from uh, what you might understand as a purist take on Streets of Rage. Uh, to include something like that, the really ha- like fast, hard kicks and just the noisiness of it all, it that sounds that sounds like violence on the streets to me. That that sounds yeah, like definitely. that sounds like streets of rage yeah. to me. Uh, so I think it's a, it's very effective on, in that regard. Uh, Ports two, like we said, a bit. It's the probably the most recognised piece from the game. Uh, we kind of had to include it. But it's a it's a good old little uh, uh, kind of ravey. Like quite happy riff. It's it's not like a happy hardcore sort of happy, but it's it's it sounds happy. It sounds a bit it's yeah upbeat. It was, yeah it is upbeat definitely and kind of in contrast to a lot of the other cleaner tracks in the series. That I love the fuzziness of it. Mm. That um that it it really is contrasted against a lot of the other stuff and it stands out. But um yeah who who wouldn't like the ports too? It's great. Yeah, I think so. We have one more. Uh, happy Paradise. Yeah. So let's see how happy this is compared to uh, the ports too. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to go with Happy Paradise. That's uh, Yuzo Koshiro, Streets of Rage 3 on the Mega Drive. <laughs> Thank you. 
That was Happy Paradise from Streets of Rage 3 on the Sega Mega Drive. And the street doesn't sound all that raging there. <laughs> no, it certainly doesn't. Not really. What, um, what a great track. Uh, what a great penultimate track for us as well. Like, it's sort of almost... almost um, like, the streets have been calmed a little bit. Yeah, light at the end of the tunnel almost. Yeah, <laughs> yeah maybe, yeah. Yeah, so how, how does that... Um, compare against the other tunes we've heard for you from uh, Streets of Rage 3? Uh, I think it's it's a really nice balancing out of, um, it, well, of everything that, that's come before it. Um, and it has that that really lovely, fat, round bass that, that ties everything together, mm-hmm. but that you still have that sort of, that, that random electronic sound at, at the top of the track that, that is kind of, it's like that... The, the happy mirror version of Beat Ambience. Ah, right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I suppose it is, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, not quite as... Uh, I guess you, you wouldn't listen to that and and think of the horror dimension in the same way no, that you did. No, oh, definitely yeah. not. But certainly, like, definitely, like, if cyberpunk can be happy, then without right. a doubt, or, or you know, a, a sort of, like... Um, like the the good future of uh, Sonic CD or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Of course. It's nice that you kind of mentioned that because that I think that soundtrack's sort of underrated for how it uh, oh yeah, it yeah. weaves together a for bunch sure. of different prevailing like emotional states by way of uh, past, present, and future. Yeah. And that. Yeah. Maybe there's a vague hint of that. Could be. Um, I, mean, I guess it was somewhat contemporaneous with this game, really. I, mean, I think so. Yeah. yeah around, I think at um, the same time. I think. It was developed um, like maybe ninety two Sonic CD. Uh, okay. I think it's I think it's a bit earlier yeah. than you yeah. would think. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I mean, okay. within a couple of years, definitely. Mm. If we're being fair, this is at this point the tail end of the Mega Drive's commercial life as far as big releases went, and uh, to hear that to hear compositions of this boldness coming out of it's just just really gratifying. You know, this this thing might have been a uh, might have been starting to find itself in the shadows of the emerging 32-bit machines and things that were capable of running Redbook Audio, but uh, they weren't taking it lying down. They were, they were going to throw some, they going to throw <laughs> yeah. some craftiness into there. Yeah. Like, just because it's, uh, FM and PSG doesn't mean it can't produce some great music. Oh yeah, without a doubt, and it uh, and uh, it just doesn't it doesn't feel compromised. It doesn't feel like an attempt to do quote unquote real music. Mm. With with the limitations of the Mega Drive, it's taking the the hardware as like how can I put this? It's yeah, it it, it just doesn't feel compromised that that um, any more so than um, trying to transpose something on piano for guitar. Right, just using the instrument to, that you have to the f- fullest of its abilities. And That's it. I mean, ultimately, we're talking about a musical instrument here. The, the console as instrument. Yeah, there's, there's got to be something to be said about that. You have your affordances, and and uh, the measure of your musicality is how you work with them. That's, yeah, that's all yeah, it is. And I think the whole Streets of Rage franchise as a whole, even the eight bit ports we've seen there, particularly the second track of the eight bit ports, I think it just speaks to that uh, being resourceful. Yeah, and just yeah. Uh, and thinking about what's happening in the world, like in the musical world generally, outside of video games, and going. Why does that work? Why why is that popular? And can that be uh, can that be paralleled somehow? Yeah, in, uh, absolutely. In, in my game music. So that's I mean, I guess we're getting fairly close to tying this whole thing up. But that that's what 
gives this uh, this franchise its power for me is just keeping an ear to the ground, so to speak, and just really enjoying making music. He, sa- he sounds like he's having a blast doing this. Yeah, absolutely. It's um, it, it, no one could e- even um, the, the the more controversial Streets of Rage three. No one could ever describe these soundtracks as workmanlike. This is this yeah, is a, yeah. the, the, these are labors of love from start to finish. Surely, this is likely to be. I mean, we're getting near episode fifty of the podcast here, and. I've played a fair bit of Mega Drive music on the show, a lot of great stuff, and I'm sure there's going to be great stuff to come, but I don't know, this is this is like peak Mega Drive here. Uh, I've always loved the Streets of Rage sound. I'll probably do a Mega Drive Focus episode uh, before too long. I want to do focuses on all the uh, systems I, I like to hear from. But musically, this is, this is it. Like This is the Sega Mega Drive at the peak of its powers, so... Uh, I really hope we've done it justice. Uh, I, I feel like we've had a good shot at this. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm pleased so, that you yeah. were here to help me yeah, out. Yeah, me cause... too. I'm, I'm very pleased. Yeah. I, I, I loved it. <laughs> this is not the sort of show I could do by myself. So it's uh, your presence has been much appreciated wow. on this really nice evening where we need to not be indoors, <laughs> to be completely honest. <laughs> we need to get out of here. But uh, so let, let's let's tie this thing up. Uh, thank you very much for listening, everyone. Um there's more where this came from, as I'm sure you're aware. We have a number of episodes uh, under the podcast's belt here. Um, Going to be recording again quite soon. I've got another guest spot up my sleeve. I've got a, a list of shows I want to want to record in the near future. So if you like what you're hearing, keep it right here. And please feel free to get in touch if you want to say hello. Uh, you can email foreversoundversion at gmail.com. And this thing is on Facebook as well. Uh, since I mentioned Facebook, there is a... I know not, ev- not everyone uses it, I get that, but if you do and you're interested in VGM podcasts, there's a group called, I believe it's VGM Podcast Fans, and there is a, a good fella called Alex Messenger who is responsible for starting that group and for bringing a lot of people together and and uh, getting a good discussion about VGM and VGM podcasts going. So, hello Alex, thanks for your support and good work with the group. I encourage everyone to check that out and discover some other podcasts on the back of this. Um, and Twitter, or Twitter is also a thing. Uh, you can uh, go on FSV Podcast uh, to see my occasional dispatches from there. And of course, Yuzo Koshiro is a great person to follow on this platform for him uh, sharing the bits and pieces we've discussed on this show. You know, it's, he's not mega, mega prolific, but the stuff he does post in terms of the videos is great uh so that's all of my plugs what about you chris yeah um so my thing is film um so i do uh, reviews film reviews on cineview.com um and you can find all of the writing i do for various outlets at my blog cult crack cult crack dot good business all right and uh is that us think that's us good all right well thank you very much once again chris thanks for coming over thanks for having me and no doubt we'll we will do this again maybe we won't wait a year for the next no man we'll talk about see see when we can get you back up because i know this is uh being a bit opportunistic in the sense that you were up anyway uh from brighton uh for a for a wedding this weekend right? yes yeah okay brighton to newcastle in one go is quite a drive so Respect it for is. that. <laughs> yeah, just <laughs> motorways to, of rage to get on motorways of rage. There you go. It really is in some corners of the country. Uh, so 
your efforts much appreciated um, we'll have you on before too long uh, to close the show I have picked a song a, well, a track from a remake a remake for PC of Streets of Rage and it's a long running project that was it was shut down eventually by Sega um, citing their need to protect their intellectual property quite predictable stuff Yeah. Uh, there were a number of beta releases put out for this remake though and as part of the remake there are a number of remixes of uh, or remixes and reinterpretations really of tracks from the Streets of Rage series on the Mega Drive and I've picked one uh, I've picked a remix of a track from Streets of Rage 3 Dub Slash which was originally composed by Motohiro Kawashima I've looked for a composer or a producer credit for this remix can't find one sorry about that I will keep looking or if you know please let me know Uh, but this is a a really good track I wanted to have something uh, bridging the gap this this chasm that I believe Yuzo Koshiro himself has bridged but the chasm between uh, as as we're saying uh, proper music non-VGM music and the chip music uh, this is this is obviously a Red Book Audio affair, this remix. Uh, but don't don't get me wrong, I think everything on the chips holds up equally well. This remix is particularly good, dub slash. See what you make of this one. And I'll uh, I'll speak to you all very soon. Enjoy your enjoy your weekend, I guess. I, I don't know, I can't remember when I'm releasing this show, but a weekend may be imminent, so enjoy enjoy yourself wherever you are. Thanks very much for listening, and I'll be catching you again before too long, Chris. Nice one. Thanks again, Mikey. All right. All the best for now. This is for self-destruction. Five seconds.